You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us on Inside the Man Box. I am Rick Fry. Today, my guest is one of my oldest and dearest friends, former pastor, youth director, Dave Robbins from Norman, Oklahoma. I was going to say, let's hear it for him, but there's nobody else in here. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Dave. Thanks for coming. Oh, thanks for having me. Yep. So, how do you like? Thanks for breakfast, by the way. That was delicious. Breakfast was great. We actually had lunch for, had breakfast for lunch, which is one of my one of my best meals, favorite meals, one of my most favorite meals. Okay, I'm going to do some business. We are brought to you by Oneness Ministries, grace-based, hope-filled, spirit-led counseling and life coaching. To learn more about us, go to our website at oneness-ministries.org. Also, we're brought to you by Marshall Fence, the premier residential and commercial fence company in the Oklahoma City metro. Contact them at 405-691-1191 or just drop by and see them at 9513 South Shields in Oklahoma City. Now, we can start the podcast with my friend Dave Robbins. Dave, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm an old man. I'm 61 years old, uh, born and raised in Norman, Oklahoma. Married to my wife, Kathy, for almost 40 years, coming up 40 years. We have four boys um, that are anywhere from 24 to 35 years old. Wait a minute. I thought it was just three boys. No, you forget about Sean. Sean. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Sean. Four boys. Yes. I I don't know Sean. I just know the other three. I know. He's, he's older. He's He's older. Yeah. Um, how'd you meet Kathy? Um, it was kind of, I mean, the question, I'm going to let you answer it, but I'm going to say this. Did was it love at first sight? Did she love you right away, or did you have no, to win her? No, 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 no. Um, she liked my personality, but I wore those stretchy um, workout suits at the time. Remember those things? <laughs> Were they double knit? Yeah, I don't know. They're polyester. Yeah. She, uh, yeah. So it it took a while, but we met at a. Um, so you weren't making the greatest fashion statement. No, no, no. <laughs> never have, never will. Yeah. Merry Christmas, the shirt says. <laughs> and uh, it's it's every January. day is Christmas. Okay. <laughs> it's what is today, January tenth or yeah, something. Like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you met Kathy. You married her. She yeah. fell madly in love with you. Yes, we got married in nineteen eighty one. Wow. Uh, September 11th, by the way. So uh, our 20 year anniversary was the September 11th. That was a interesting day. Well, I can imagine. And so 40s coming up this coming September 11th. So 40 years, 40 years. Wow. I Congratulations. Know. I know. That's amazing. Well, and she's a year older than me because I was so mature for my age. I needed to kind of marry someone a little older. Yeah. You're still mature for your yeah, age. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Dave and I are like, Getting two seventh graders together. <laughs> <laughs> Probably so. Well, same sense of humor, same side of, kind of stupid jokes, but hey, we're entertained by it. Exactly. Yep. Um, so you, and I know this because you just told it to me, went right into ministry. Yeah, I, I became a believer 
a week after I graduated from Norman High School. And um, the following October, I started a junior high ministry in Norman. The church we were at had a, a very active high school ministry with about 125 kids, but nothing for the middle school or junior high kids. So me and a friend of mine, Greg Stover, started it up. And you guys were kind of crazy, weren't you? Yeah, we were. We did magic shows for little kids before that, and we we were pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tell us a crazy story. Oh, we had a thing called the Weirdo Squad, and so, and you can see we weren't really studly, but every Friday we would dress up and do something crazy during lunch break. So once. <laughs> One every Friday. Did I say Saturday or every Friday? No, you said Friday. Oh, good. Um, so one, one day we go to McDonald's and it's just packed. It was the only McDonald's in town at the time. Now there's like 80. But anyway, um, and we put on, I had on golf cleats and knickers and all this stuff. And it was just packed. And so he he's my caddy and he walks through, clear the way, clear the way. And we putted through McDonald's <laughs> in front of everybody. And I, that was just, we, every Friday we did something crazy like that. That's, that is funny. It, it was, it was pretty funny. So everyone knew us around school for being the kind of weirdos. So yeah. anyway, we were, we, we, the jocks didn't really like us that much. And the cheerleaders didn't really pay us any attention at all. Cause we were just kind of, well, they're pretty busy looking at themselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the jocks. Or the jocks. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember that about anyway, cheerleaders. <clears throat> but yeah, started ministry, realized very quickly I did not know the Bible at all because I was teaching it every week. So eventually uh, moved to California, went to school. and um, Was this before Kathy? No, this was, I told her, I, I said, um, Hey, we're going to get married. And then there's this random verse in the old Testament that says, when you get married, you don't go to work or you don't go to war for a year. So I thought, okay, you're not supposed <laughs> to make any big life changes for a year. So we uh, stayed around Norman for a year and then moved to Southern California to go to, to, to school. Uh, so I could learn the word of God. You so, went to Bible school. Is that, I did. It was a Bible school. Yeah. What was the name of it? Well, now it's Masters University, but it was at the time called uh, Lagos Bible Institute. So, okay, then then you did go there to yeah. learn the word, yes, because Lagos is the word, word. Yeah. exactly, <laughs> which is Christ. So I love exactly. that. Um, what brought you to Christ? Um, he did. See, that's, I left it right that's there. That's the he best did. answer ever. <laughs> Because I hate these songs that say, I found Jesus, and I didn't. Oh, he found me. He was never lost. We didn't have to go hunting for him. He was right here, yeah. and he found us, basically. So, yeah, I um, I was born and raised in the church, kind of of um, God's frozen chosen. I won't say what denomination, but um, so I knew, I knew the truth of the word in my head, but I was about 18 inches away from heaven because it never hit my heart. And then literally God just flipped on the light switch and illuminated happened. And I realized he wanted a relationship with me. He didn't want me to be religious. He wanted to have a relationship Amen. with me and Amen. boom, 
that's where everything changed. <laughs> so there were there circumstances? Did, did a light come on? Did a lightning bolt hit you? Or did you? No, I'm very like, you know, you're pretty emotional, and you know you've you've got. I am pretty emotional. Yeah, you've got you know all these special visions you've seen, but for me, it's pretty boring. <laughs> it, <laughs> it um, <was laughs> sometimes I would prefer boring. <laughs> that to be quite truthful. I got mad at God the other day. Oh, really? For yeah. what? Um, he wasn't doing what I thought he should be doing, or he wasn't doing it fast enough. I know. And um, I kind of and and I mentioned this on my podcast last week, actually a couple of them, but I'll share it with you. He uh, he just I just said some really pretty awful things to him, and I don't know. Sometimes I just feel God smiling. After I do something like that, he's just smiling. And he said to me, and you're right, I hear him in a way that I don't even, I don't know how to explain. I just hear him. And he said to me, I want, I'm going to give you a verse, and it's out of Job. And when God gives you a verse out of Job, it's like your dad pulling his belt off. Exactly. And it's, Where were you? <laughs> it's, well, it's right after those verses when he says, in 38.2, he says, who has darkened my counsel with words that lack wisdom? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, then he said, I want you to focus on the word darken. What does that mean? So I did a little word study, and it's what interferes with the light. So in your relationship to God, you're facing him, and you're receiving the light of his life. Okay. Kind of. Yeah, and, but definitely. When, but God never turns his back on us. But I have the capacity to turn my back on him. And when I turn my back, I see my shadow. And that's the darkness that he was talking to me about. Right. And he said, your words come out of that shadow. That shadow has no substance. That shadow is not real. And that's where your words come from. How about this? That shadow is a reflection of your flesh. Perfect. Ooh. Perfect. Boy, aren't we spiritual? We are. And so I have no idea why I brought that up or what we were talking about. I think with... you're wasting time. <laughs> <laughs> I think they call it filler. Filler. I was filling time. Oh, <laughs> uh, we got a bunch of it to fill. So there was no there was no um lightning or thunder or angels no. singing. You just No, it was just it just yeah. It, it just clicked that God wanted a relationship with me. I mean, I know that sounds silly, but it does not sound silly. It's um, the truth. Yeah. And I had only experienced Christianity in more of a structured relational way. I, I don't know. My brother, one of my brothers, he knows, he knows the Lord and he loves the Lord. And he's puts me to shame and his ministry now, but, but at the time, I don't know where he was at, but he'd go out on Saturday night, get totally wasted, drink two six-packs of beer, get totally wasted, wake up the next morning, Sunday morning, take a shower, put on a suit, go to church. And it was, you know, it was just, that was just, that was just common for mm -hmm. the church environment that I was raised in. And anyway, so, and you just knew some, something's not, something's not right there and you know, obviously it wasn't just the drinking, but everything that goes along with the, the excessive drinking and yeah. everything. So, yeah. Um, you said 
that it was about relationship and not religion. What percentage of the church do you think today is in that same place where the focus is on religion and not relationship? Well, I have been, excuse me, I think I've been blessed that the churches I've been a part of and uh, um, the majority of people really it's about a relationship so it's that's that's hard to say um but i do think let's take it outside of the church setting of the of the church people that go i think definitely the mindset of the majority of public is when they think of christianity they think of it as oh it's one of the it's a religion just like other things and other religions of the world and i think um that's very common that that's their mindset. And I think that's, that's not at all what I've experienced. I, as a counselor, I, obviously I see only, I only see men. I don't counsel women. Um, and a lot of the guys I see are guys who are disappointed. They've been in a church. They know Christ, but they're dealing with the lack of substance in their relationship. With the Lord? With the Lord, yeah. And a lot of them know the Bible, and a lot of them know church speak really well. Yeah. And it's, a it's you know, the guys I see compared to the people in the church is a real low percentage. Right. So I don't know that that reflects the attitude of what goes on in churches. I think to some extent we all experience that. To some extent, and what I mean by that is, you know, we have this crappy body of flesh that we still carry around mm-hmm. with us. And so it's either you're living, you know, the flesh is leading or the spirit's leading in your life. And so if your flesh is constantly taking the lead, I, you know, I think that's it's going to contribute to feeling that way. Feeling disappointed. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it, you're right. It's a constant. It's yeah. a war. It's a war for yeah. control. And it's weird because there's two different mindsets you see out there. But I know that this. I haven't thought this through much, but I think I and mankind, including myself, we're so much more sinful than we think we are. But God's grace is so much more amazing than we can even fathom. And there's just that dichotomy and just, I mean, that's, if you don't have faith, you can't live in that dichotomy. Right. That's right. That's well said. Well, I use the word dichotomy, but I'm not even sure I know what that word means. I was just trying to sound spiritual. It sounded really good. Or intellectual. No, it sounds good. Um. Another thing I deal with, and I want to get your opinion on, is how influenced are we by belief systems? Belief systems like um, go to church every Sunday. Um, keep the Ten Commandments. Um, you should cut the end of a ham off before you put it in a pan. Why? Why ham? Well, <laughs> there's a story about this woman 
who grew up with her mom and her mom always cut the end of the ham off and, and then cooked it. And so when she got married and was cooking ham, she was going to cut the ham. And she goes, why am I doing this? And so she called her mom and says, why do we do that? And her mom says, I don't know. It's because my mom did it. Let me ask her. And she found out that the reason her mom did it was because the ham was too big for the pan. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where you were going. <laughs> the ham was too big for the pan, so she had to cut the tip of it off to get it to fit in the pan. I didn't know if it was pig butt or something. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I mean, that's a story I heard years ago. And I see what you're saying. Yeah, but it, but it became a belief system. That's what you have to do when you cook a ham. You hit that nail right on the head. Yep. You made your point so good. Um, yep. Well, and again, I, I think that's somewhat true. And I do think, I mean, Hebrews does say, don't forsake the assembly together, which is the habit of some, but come together and encourage one another. Mm-hmm. Now, if that mean doesn't necessarily mean a structural building with 120 people or whatever. And that pews come, and, a, yeah, exactly. uh, and a baptistry. And, exactly. Uh, obviously, if that was the command, then throughout a lot of history, people would have automatically been disobeying that because <laughs> it, it, it wasn't even around or possibility. But but I, I was telling you at lunch today, um, I just, with COVID and all this stuff, I feel starved for fellowship. Mm-hmm. And I need that fellowship. Mm-hmm. And that's one reason I was looking forward to coming to be in with you today just to have some fellowship. So um, we all need that. And I know for me, I get discouraged and I get self-focused and I start feeling self-pity sometimes or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, if I'm not, if, if I don't have fellowship, I, yeah. I need, I need that. I so. think, geez, I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't, I could not, I could agree. I, I couldn't agree more with what you just said. But. No, there is no, oh, no but. No buts. Uh, and I'm going to no add. Uh, there's no hand butts. And, and uh, <laughs> what I uh, would like to add to that is that isolation is a place where the enemy can really hammer us. Without so I don't think we were intended to be alone or to be isolated or to not be in fellowship because we become so such a target. And I don't think I don't I totally think, agree. Yeah, I, I don't think the enemy, I don't think Satan is omnipresent. I don't know. I don't, he can't be in your mind. Nope. His all of his all of his lies are at the threshold. He stands at the door and he says, You're a worthless piece of Yeah. I know. Pig um, butt. Pig butt. <laughs> and or you ought to you ought to you ought to look at look at that girl. Mm. You, you know, you ought to you're usually you could really enjoy looking at some pornography, and I go, yeah, I could. <laughs> <laughs> and That's, the flesh is always the there. The flesh is always there, and it's and then, and I say that because that was my addiction for most of my adult right. life. Well, you yeah. look at King David. I mean, here's a guy with a that God said he's a man after my own heart, but as he's sitting in isolation and he's all alone, is you know, hey, there's. There's a really hot lady down there. Or up there Take, on that roof taking a shower. Taking a Bathsheba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. And and again, we just need it. And boy, we it's just, 
I'm I'm just ready for this COVID crap to be over with. Me and you both, brother. Me and you both. I am so tired of this. <laughs> okay, with that's borders on politics and really, yeah, the whole COVID thing. Really? I think it's all political politics. Crap. Yeah, I think it's political crap. I think. Oh, the, okay. I think it's being. I don't think, I think it's, it's political. I think it's being used yeah. by politics. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. I stand corrected. No, I understand. Yeah. yeah uh, I stand we're, corrected. We're, we're both right. Let's at least try to convince ourselves that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, denial is more than just a river. It is indeed more than in just, Egypt. In Egypt. <laughs> um, I had a thought about David. That you brought David. up King David. Okay. Sin. Yes. Um, I I know that we all deal with that issue and will and as long as we're in this earth suit. Sure. Um, but there are churches, there are belief systems that say you have to um, you ha- you have to avoid sin at all costs all the time. Sure. I think that's um a control mechanism because I'm trying to figure out that if Jesus died on the cross for my sins, which ones were not forgiven? So, and I'll ask the question. I'll ask the question. I'll ask this question. Where were your sins when Jesus died on the cross? On the cross? No, they were all in the future. They hadn't been committed yet. Oh, okay. See, that is such a loaded question. You're so deep for me. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. And I've thought that too. Yeah. So when at, in 1978, when I came to the Lord, if God is outside of time, which of course he is. Of course he is. He knew every sin he'd commit till the day I died. Yep. And he accepted me into his family and he forgave me. At that moment. For all of them. Not only my past sins, but my present and future sins. Yeah. So uh, I agree with you. Sin is a thing of the past. And and then the only struggle I have is that when Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says, if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. Ah, see, now here's the point. I know, but. You know where I'm going to go? No, I don't, but it's before the cross. He was talking to Jews. Yeah. I mean, and and I really, yeah, yeah. I I think, yeah, yeah, no, I'm just going to leave it. No, I think the whole Sermon on the Mount, you, I think you know I believe this, but as I've taught through it um, twice uh, with, in my, in, with youth through the years, um, the whole thing is, it's just like Romans, you know, one through seven or whatever, you know, you just, you read through it and it's like, oh, it's just, it's there to show us that we're, we all sin. We all need a savior. We need a savior. That <laughs> is the whole point. the whole point of it. You know, unless been, your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall not enter the kingdom of God. Right. Well, in the mindset of the people of that day, he's talking to the scribes and Pharisees were, I mean, to be a scribe, you had to have the whole Old Testament, the first five books of the Bible completely memorized yes. to be a scribe. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm not, yeah. Anyway, so. No, that's, that's good yeah. because well, I, he spent 5,000 years with Israel proving that they couldn't do it. Exactly. 
That's the whole point. Of the whole point of the Old Testament the, and the first five books of the New Testament is that you can't pull it off. Exactly. And Jesus is saying that's you, why the law is the tutor that leads us to Christ. That's right. So that's right. Anyway, but but I yeah I do agree. I don't think we think in that way. Um, at the same time, like I just said earlier. God is holier than I can imagine, and he still hates sin more than I can imagine that he hates sin. So You want to know why? Well, sure, because it it kills us. It kills us. And it steals because our joy. And it, yep. it I mean, I mean, it just it's it doesn't honor him, um, but it also hurts us. I mean, yeah. oh, even that, that's the key. It hurts us. Back Moses said, right before he died in Deuteronomy said you know, given this word to you for your good, you know, so that it may go well with you and all this stuff. And it's just, it's just like, anyway, but God loves us more than we love ourselves. I think the sin that I commit now, and I call it being stupid, is unbelief. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Oh, my, yeah. my biggest problem is sometimes, just like I said a while ago, I get impatient and I stop trusting. Because I think my idea is really, really good and workable. Why are you not on board with it? Well, and I, I just, I, I'm saying that to God, not and, you. And this is, this is a diversion, but, um, so <laughs> I've been, and I'm so unbalanced. I'm, I'm a loser, but I've been in Psalm 37 for two and a half Years. Okay, I want, I want you. You started Two on that one ago at lunch. I want to hear what. Well, this what is. happened is, is I, you know, this was four years ago, and I just was um, reading through Psalms, and so I read through Psalms, and slowly, like a Psalm a day or something, and really took time, and then I thought, well, I want to be well balanced, so now I'll go read a New Testament book. Well, I just wouldn't get anything out of it. I, you know read something i can't remember what it was first john or something i can't remember just nothing was speaking to me like it was in psalms so i went back and i read these psalms a whole second time then i did the same thing went back to the new testament same thing happened so i thought well lord what are you doing here so i read through psalms backwards so i started started in 150 and i just read it backwards and i got stuck at that time third time through on psalm 37 and that was two and a half years ago I cannot get out of it. It's just been so life-changing to me. And it, the reason I bring it up is because what you said about unbelief. The first three words of Psalm 37 is, do not fret. So. What does fret mean? Well, actually, I'm glad you asked that because that word is weird. When we think of fret, oh, we think of grandma saying that, don't, oh, don't fret about it. And we kind of think, oh, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And that's it's partially true, but it's a stronger word than that in the original. Um, in the original. And it's it's basically somewhere between I have this written in my Bible. I don't have my Bible with me. Uh, but but what? I know. <laughs> Fear, driven anxiety, or anywhere between fear driven anxiety to fear driven anger. Because that word fret kind of has a that a stronger word that kind of don't be fretting and kind of irritated 
meaning to it. So, okay, so that's God's will for our life. Don't fret. You can see it all over Philippians 4, 6. Don't be worry anxious. about anything. Be all this. Don't be anxious it. for nothing. All yeah. stuff. But we don't do that. Could you imagine how good your life would be and how good my life would be if we would just obey that one command, do not fret or don't be anxious. But because we don't believe, we get freaked out and stressed out about everything, COVID stuff and just everything, finances Mm -hmm. and everything, our health. Um, That's just one, that's three words. And, and here's what it goes on to say. I, 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 I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not very smart and I'm not very analytical. That is, that is not true. Uh, well, I'm just not. Um, but, but I've, I, I thought after about a year of studying that I said, well, I'm going to go and emphasize and see what are the commands in Psalm 37. And when I did that, there's about 12 or so commands in there and it just blew my mind because it shows the character of God. You know what they are? It's do not fret, don't be anxious, trust in the Lord, do good, abide in the land, which now catch this, they were in the promised lands Mm -hmm. at the time. Well, new covenant, our promised land is Christ, abide in, so live in the land, abide in the land, live in Christ. Uh, (laughs) And then, the next one's crazy. Enjoy his faithfulness. Oh. Uh, I know, I know. Oh, you're you're not done yet. <laughs> Enjoy his faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord. Uh, commit your commit your ways. The w- word commit actually means to roll, roll your way to the Lord, and then it goes on to say, and He will do it. So, and then it's followed by rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for Him. Cease from anger. Forsake wrath depart from evil and walk in his ways. So I guess there's 15 there. That's the character of God that that's what God's will is saying. That's my will for you. And you look at those things. They're all so awesome. Don't fret. Don't be envious that, you know, trust in the Lord, do, you know, all this stuff, delight yourself in him. And I'm just like, I've been blown away. I can't get out of it. Why would you want to? I don't, I don't. <laughs> and my wife, she's like, okay, honey, maybe it's time to move on. <laughs> I'm like, I, oh, I just, uh, uh, when God quits speaking to me as I study it is when I'll know, okay, it's time to move on. But I tell you, it's just so good. So yep. good. But it all gets down to the, the third command there is trust in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then also rest in the Lord, I think is another way of saying trust in the yeah. Lord. So. Yeah. It's so good. So as a counselor, okay. my question would be, what are you afraid of? Ah, um, I am afraid. I am horribly committed to my own comfort. So I've got a mattress topper on my bed. My pillow mattress topper? Yeah, not a my pillow. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'd love to have one, but I I did my study and I got a one that I'm very happy with. Three inch topper called Green Green something. I can't remember anyway. But um, but I've got an electric blanket. Um, 
I'm just going blank on other things, but I just, I see, I want so bad to be comfortable. And so, yeah, I want to be comfortable. When you think of financially, my car I have is 16 years old. It's got 170,000 miles. I love it. I thank the Lord for it every day. Is that the one we went to lunch? Yeah, it okay. Is. But um, it, it meets my needs and it's totally fine. But why did I bring that up? That's the problem with being 61. But, um, well, it's comfortable. Well, no, but yeah, but no, and that though, but it's like, oh, I know what I was going to say. I don't care about a new car. I mean, if, I don't have any desire really to go and buy a brand new car no, because yeah. it's why it's yeah. so dumb. But, but the thing is, is I do get fearful and it's so stupid, but I get fearful. Like, well, when I'm older, when I'm like your age and I'm <laughs> 71, you know, are, are we going to have the finances to, you know, to live and all that kind of stuff. And so, and that's just a lack of faith. And so I worry about that. So I worry about death, not so much in after you die. I just don't want to go through the process of dying, you know? Me either. Yeah. I just, but we didn't want to go through the and, process of being born either. Yeah, but I can't remember that. I yeah, know you can, I but can, I don't yeah. remember that. So. <laughs> don't Why is that doctor spanking me? What did I do to you? <laughs> <laughs> he was slapping me. I don't know. <laughs> he gets spanked. What did I do wrong? <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, I think you described almost everybody's fear. I don't want to be. Uh, I don't want to be uncomfortable. Yeah, you know me from all the camps we did together. I, I, <laughs> I had the air mask. Had, had an automatic blow up thing on. <laughs> <laughs> I even took even camping. I even took not only my air mattress, but even my even one of those little um, memory foam toppers. <laughs> I'm so committed to my comfort. I was I was not comfortable in my setup either. I promise you, I was very comfortable. You know, my biggest fear is being wrong. Really? Yeah, in because of how I hear God. And God has told me things in the future, which I think is appropriate. The Holy Spirit can is not bound by time, so sure. He knows the stuff that's going to happen, and and He's revealed some of that to me. And some of it's pretty fantastic in terms of that's impossible. That what you're telling me is, I don't know how that could ever be real, and. God reminds me, he said all the time, he said, I'm the God of the impossible. Everything I've done is impossible from your perspective. Right. Everything I'm going to do is impossible from your perspective. And I go, wow. I wish you wouldn't tell me this stuff, though. Right. I really have said that. I, I, also, I, also, have said, I also have said something that is quoting you. Which is, oh, it's got to be really good. Yeah, uh, sometimes when I get stressed... I pull a hundred dollar bill from somewhere and I slap it on the table and I say, Jesus, if you come today, this is yours. <laughs> <laughs> you remember saying that? <laughs> I've said things like that. Yeah. I was like, oh, I say to him though, Lord, I'll give you a dollar. if you come today. <laughs> Nope. I go all the way to a hundred dollars. This is yours. But Jesus. If that, you come isn't today. Isn't that crazy how selfish we are? Yeah. 
I want Jesus to come back and take me home. Take care so, of me and so, make it easy. Well, so I don't have to die. Yeah. You know, so I don't have to go through the death process, whatever, you know. So yeah. anyway. anyway. I don't know that there's a human out there that doesn't. I know. And, and biblically speaking, yeah. I mean, biblically speaking, death is seen as the enemy. I mean, not, you know what right. I mean? Don't take that too far. Yeah. But you know what I mean? I mean, it's just, it's not like, um, anyway, but. Nope. That's all good stuff. That's good stuff. Good stuff, Maynard. Yep, Psalm 37. I'm going to look it up and read it. Oh, uh, it's, it's, here's what's funny about it, Rick. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't say this in a public setting, but oh well. As, there's nobody here. <laughs> nobody listens okay, to this. Good, good. Thank you. <laughs> but it's like I told my wife this just, just literally three days ago. <laughs> I've taught that Psalm 37 a few things. I, a church asked me to come and fill their pulpit. It was their 37th anniversary, and they wanted me to come as their guest speaker. So I thought on taught on thir- Psalm 37 because that's just what God was teaching me at the time. So what could be more relevant? So, um, And it, it went fine. It went fine. People were appreciated. But I, I felt like, okay, the light is – I didn't feel like the light flicked on. I've had my kids over for the people who were listening to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, had this probably two years ago around Christmas, just kind of taught through some of it with my family. And, um, you know, my boys are all adult and grown and everything, but them and their wives and everything. And, and they're all like, yeah, that's good. You know, but it's like no light switch on you know what i mean it's like it's one thing people say oh that was a really good sermon yeah. as another thing for when the holy spirit flips on the light so and even my wife i've just felt like it's just it you know just anyway so then i had a small group or my old small group and i just old friends i said hey i've been studying this psalm and if you guys want to come over whoever wants to come and we'll just do four weeks and kind of do the people to, from your youth group uh, some of them. Some of them? Okay. Yeah, some of them were. Some of them were from our church that we're at okay. uh, and now. But anyway, but and everyone enjoyed it. But again, I felt like no light switch. So it's, I, it's funny. I'd like to know after you really take time to devour Psalm 37 if if you feel like God spoke to you through it. Or, I will. I will let you know that. But I also know that... Sometimes God gives us something yep. just for us uh, and not for other people. Uh, I think that's true. And um, I, I, I would encourage you to um, continue to let God bless you with those verses because I, when you were giving them to me, yep. I actually um, became involved in the the very things that he – I'm my verse – that I fixate over, yeah. and every time I get a chance to speak, I speak it from is, is uh, John uh, 17, uh, 13 through 26. It's the prayer for oneness. Okay. I and yep. them, you and me, that they may be one in us. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, we named this ministry. I after, noticed that. Yeah, the oneness ministry. Um, and every man I counsel, the first session we go through that because I want people to know who they are in Christ and that they are one with him, that you are not alone and he abides in us. And 
And I tell guys, they'll come in and tell me all the stuff they, they've done. And I say, you don't have a sin issue. You have an identity issue. You don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. And you have no point of reference for how your behavior affects what you believe about yourself. So I want to read that. I think there's, I think God will speak to me through that because what all the, all the commands that he gives in that are spot on, right? They are spot on. Well, it's just the common thought that we have when we think of ourselves is, Oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Which is, That's not what the Bible, the Bible says. That's not what we the are. Bible says. We <laughs> exactly. are saints who sometimes, yeah, well, do we, something stupid. We're, we're saints that have a body of flesh, yeah. and that that body of flesh from the, I mean, I, you think about the selfishness of a four-month-old baby. I mean, it could be four in the morning. They could care less that their mom's finally asleep. They're hungry. And they're going to cry and scream until they get what they want. And that's that body of flesh that we've had from the day we were born and we'll have till the day we die. Yep, we will. But that does not define us. Nope, it doesn't. But it does not define boy, that's us. easier said than done, it my is, friend. It that's is why easier you, said than done. That's why you have a ministry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not... Uh, I've been compared to a three-year-old, actually five, three and five. So I've kind of aged a little bit spiritually. (laughs) Um, What do you want to be remembered for, Dave? That's usually the last question I ask, but we've still got about 15 minutes. But what do you want to be remembered for? um, In other words, what would I love to be? My epitaph on my gravestone. Sure, sure. Well, at first I thought, well done, but then people might take that wrong. Like, charred in hell. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) As opposed to medium rare. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's so, oh, it's so boring. But he loved God and he loved others. That is not boring. I mean, it's, it's, Jesus says, Hey, in this, all the law and the prophets are fulfilled. (laughs) Love God, love others. And so it's, it's, but it's nothing real. Yeah. But that's, that's it. I just. Okay. Well, then you've, you've led me to a path. You've led me to a question. Oh, good. I like paths. You and I both. Speaking of paths, this is really cool. Okay. I bought Kathy and I some electric assisted bicycles. Ah, they were on sale, mm-hmm. three ninety eight at Walmart. Uh, you know, online delivered for free. They're a blast. So we went and we went out to Lake Thunderbird, and they've got bike trails out mm-hmm. there. And Kathy and I went out there, and it's just unbelievable. It was such a kick in the butt. It was so fun. We're driving all of a sudden. I'm driving along, and they're electric assisted. So when you're old and fat like me, you know, and you like pedal one time, and then it kind of electric motor kind of starts kicking in and everything. So I'm going pretty fast in this one area on this real skinny trail and through the trees. It's beautiful. And all of a sudden, I see this blur right in front of me, this white blur. And it's like, what in the world? Look over, and there's this deer just ran right, right in front of me on the road. 
it just stopped right at the road and I just stopped and we just stared at each other right away. I don't know where this was going, but anyway, that was funny. Sorry. You said, Oh, that's right. You said you led me to a path. It was. So oh yeah. 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 So yeah. You ought to go buy an electric assisted bike. You can get a cheap one, but they're even if you're a little bit older and, but you still have to pedal. Yeah. So it's still exercise. It's just not horrible exercise going up hills. Like on yeah, a regular. you have a way to get back home. <laughs> okay sorry about that um you and i both take detours take detours <laughs> and chase rabbits um to some degree have been betrayed in our past and you said i want to remember be for being godly and for loving people i have struggled over the last seven eight years with forgiveness. Okay. Um, I think that, I think that it's vital. I don't, this, my salvation doesn't hinge on this. My relationship with God doesn't hinge on this. None of this affects who I am in Christ, but it affects my ability to um, be at peace with myself. Okay. And that's what unforgiveness does. Unforgiveness is like taking a poison and expecting the other person to die. Because it can impact right. you if you carry that. It be, it eventually turns into bitterness. Um, I've worked really hard to forgive um, the people who I felt like betrayed me. Now, if one of them was sitting in this room, they would say that I had betrayed them. Sure. And I get that. It takes two to tango. It takes two to tango. And I can't. I can't be responsible for the decisions they make or have made. I can only be responsible for who I am and who God says I am. And my responsibility in that is just to believe that it's true because I can't manufacture um, how God loves me or how I love God. Right. Um, so in order for me to, uh, I'm going to tell another boring story. I like them. I had a dream and I was half awake when I had this dream and it was about a big wind. There's a big wind coming almost. Hurricane. Were you in the bathroom or <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't near you. So. <laughs> and in this dream, this wind starts blowing or this wind is going to blow. It hadn't started yet. And God says, I'm going to send a big wind. What are you going to do? And I, you know, well, I'll board up the windows and try to protect everything and brace myself for this wind. And he goes, wrong answer. I want you to build sails. I want this wind to take you somewhere. Um, standing against it um, doesn't allow you to enjoy the journey. If I brace myself against the wind, then I don't get to take the journey that he intended for me to take. I think unforgiveness is like that, that God has a plan and it's going to happen and I'm a part of it. But if I carry unforgiveness, then I don't get to enjoy all of it because of how that is a distraction. Right. And so I've really worked without any expectations, without any um, need for feedback 
to forgive the people who have betrayed me because I don't want to miss all of what God has because I carry this thing in my head that allows me to uh, not focus completely on who God is and what God's doing. I, 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 mean, I know you've gone through a similar thing, and I hope that you have gotten into a place where you can forgive or have forgiven. We've not talked about this before, sure. I don't think. Um, but for me, it's absolutely vital that I forgive those guys. And I don't even have to tell them. I don't have to, oh, no. I don't have to uh, go seek them out and ask them to forgive me because I don't, I don't think there's a need for that. The need is for me, in my mind, to let that go. Mm-hmm. And um, the other thing that I think comes with this is the willingness to be hurt again. I want to reach out, reconnect, and put myself right. in a position where I trust God, not these people. Does that make yeah, sense? Totally. Oh, yeah. completely. On the mental level and emotional um, or experiential level, it does. Um, your friend Andrew Farley has a great little thing. Probably look it up, Andrew Farley how to forgive someone or something like that. It's just a short little three minute video he did on forgiveness. It's, mm. it's so good for it being so short for being three minutes, but oh, it's, yeah. you know, it's just making the choice, yeah. making the, I just, I, and then whenever those crappy feelings come back or bitter feelings come back again, you just go, hold on a second. I already made a decision. I've mm. already made a decision to let, let them free um, to get them out, let them off the hook to, you know, in other words, to forgive them. I'm not, you know, uh, um, I don't, I don't. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. And again, that's, that's gets back to me where it's a battle of your truth to your emotions. And sometimes our emotions lie to us. And so, and sometimes our thoughts lie to us too, but you know, if it's, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> well, I've made the choice. Yeah, I know. Um, there are several, there are, that's awesome. There are things eight years ago and there are things a year ago that I had to, uh, I've had to choose to forgive and try to forget. Right. And I have reached out to several people just to say, can we reconnect? I miss you. So, well, that's, that's a healthy sign, I think for you, because I'd say most people that have hurt by other people have no desire for the reconciliation, so to speak. So I am totally reconciled with God and I cannot live my life with any kind of other unreconciliation feelings, unreconciled feelings. Yeah. So I remember somebody we're commanded to forgive one another, but we're never commanded in scripture to trust one another. So let's, let's take it out of a context and let's take it in a, a marriage context where, um, you know, there's hurt that's done Mm -hmm. from on one of the, you know, by one of the people involved. So there's a command to forgive, but trust is broken. Trust is earned. Mm -hmm. And this may take months or years before that trust comes back. So um, I 
people in my past that have hurt me, I feel like I have forgiven them. But I'll be honest, I don't trust them. I, you know, I don't trust them as far as I could throw them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just. Well, I, I, I think you're talking about boundaries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I have no problem with boundaries because I don't trust them. So I set these right. boundaries for where I will reach out, I will reconcile, but well, the relationship again, will never be the and same. I, and also another thing too, and this is, I mean, this is something I've realized too, <clears throat> takes two to tango, like I said earlier. Mm-hmm. And in the conflict that I had, it's not all, it wasn't all their fault. I, there was issues there was issues that I was stubborn on and, and, and um, so it was issues there too, that I, that God has dealt with me on and I've awesome. seen change in as yeah, well. That's awesome. So, I mean, that's, that's just, that's just the truth of it. Yep. So there was, I don't think there was anyone that was a hundred one percent at fault or a hundred percent correct. And that's in most conflicts. Yeah. I mean, every conflict in relationship I've dealt with, just counseling people and stuff like that, there's never been one person that's always been 100% at fault. Right. The other one person's totally innocent, you know? Yeah. So, and I know me, I'm a passive aggressive person. Mm-hmm. My kids tell me that. So, so I don't blow up. <laughs> I, I'm not the type to blow up and temper, but I, you know, I, I kind of get my digs in with just a little, you know, comment here. Well, you and I are masters of sarcasm. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Matter of fact, it's a spiritual gift for me. <laughs> I have the gift of sarcasm. I have not found that in scripture yet, but maybe I'm just well, not keep familiar looking. enough. Keep looking. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that Koine Greek, there's just a word I, a we, word don't, that you, we don't you translate. Miss. So, yeah. <laughs> this has been awesome. This has been. I hope we do it again. Sounds great. Thank you, Dave. Oh, you did. So thanks for having me. And thank you guys for listening. This is Rick Fry, and you are inside the man box.